Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. Is this thing on? Let me let me make sure my mic's on here so you can hear me. Can you underfeel me? Can you undersmell me? Can you underdig me? Yes, indeed. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG. Uh, as promised, Thursday night throwdown. I'm here. Uh, but we got a little change of plans. We got a whole slew of things that 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 came down NFL related. Uh, if you go to our Facebook and uh, Instagram page, you'll find what I'm talking about. But I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about, because me personally, I got a problem with this. Now, let me pull this up, make sure I got everything going on right here, because I'm not following the NFL's uh, protocol with this one. Um, Here we go. Hold on. Let me let me put in the right keywords here. But the NFL has pretty much came down hard on the covid vaccine for players and i'm not a hundred percent okay with this let's just say that i am not okay because this is supposed to be quote unquote the land of the free home of the brave so i'm supposed to be able to uh i'm supposed to be able to do what i want with my body it's my choice. It's my right to choose. Uh, hold on. I'm, I'm sharing a show so I can get some listeners in here. But uh, for those of you listening on the playback, you are in for a treat uh, later on in this show. So stay tuned for that. I'll tell you about that in a hot second. Won't be here for long, but we're going to be here for a good time. All right. The NFL, this is nine hours ago. The NFL just informed clubs that if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week season in 2021 due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss for playoff seeding per per sources. That is massive implications. Um. The league, and, and I'm reading this, uh, the tweets from uh, Tom Pelissero. The league intends to play its entire 272 schedule over 18 weeks, 17 games per club. And this is key. We do not anticipate adding a 19th week to accommodate games that cannot be rescheduled within the current 18 weeks of the regular season. Play on time, but don't play at all. I get it. I get it. I understand, you know, we just lived through a treacherous year. You know, we lost a lot of people due to this nasty virus. You know, let's call a, a spade a spade. This was a nasty virus. It is a nasty virus. And the NFL and, and this uh, move here, a lot of people are cheering it and are cool with it but i'll get into how i feel let me read this other key competitive aspects of today's memo vaccinated individuals who test 
positive and are asymptomatic can return to duty after two negative tests 24 hours apart. Unvaccinated individuals still subject to mandatory 10-day isolation period. More strong language from today's NFL's memo. memo. I can't talk with and say memo for nothing tonight. But um, every club is obligated under, under the Constitution and bylaws to have its team ready to play at the scheduled time and place. A failure to do so is deemed conduct detrimental. There is no right to postpone a game. Um, if a club cannot play due to a COVID spike in vaccinated individuals, we will attempt to minimize the competitive and economic burden on both participating teams. If a game is canceled and cannot be rescheduled within the current 18-week schedule due to a COVID outbreak, neither team's players will receive their weekly paragraph 5 salary. You read that right. Nobody gets paid. Here's my thing. This is my take on it. This is strictly my opinions. My opinions do not reflect the rest of the sideline junkies. These are the opinions of the big guy, KG. This is bullshit. Absolutely, positively, 100% bullshit. Here's why I say that. Now, you're talking about an, uh, 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 an outbreak among unvaccinated players. Okay? And that's that, that was the language they use, unvaccinated players. But here we are. A year and, uh, what, a year and a half into this? And like I said on previous shows, we make it to October with all these, you know, the case is still climbing because we still have the Delta variant. We make it to October. We're really two years in. We got a vaccine, but people are vaccinated and are still COVID positive. They're still coming up positive, i.e. the great Rich Eisen, i.e. Jay Williams of ESPN, double vaxxed COVID positive. Now, they may not have any symptoms, but here's my thing. How are you going to say unvaccinated players or unvaccinated people are threats to vaccinated people when vaccinated people are coming up left and right being positive? Now, my thing is, it's bullshit because as a human being, as an American, what I'm supposed to be, I have a right. Not to take a vaccine that I'm not too sure about. And a lot of people are not too sure about it because the things that are coming out and everybody can say, oh, no, that's not true. Apparently it is. Because I've read the articles. The neurological effects from Johnson & Johnson. The long-term heart effects from Johnson & Johnson. Pfizer and Moderna have long-term effects also that have been reported maybe not out in the masses but they've been reported it's been you know little blurbs here and there we can't get much information on it but you you got to understand why people are like yeah i'm not gonna run to take that but then on top of that everybody says yeah i'm a, the people that say that they're against this vaccine you got people that are vaccinated 
that are coming at them sideways. Well, you took vaccines all your life. You've always taken vaccines. Okay, but you got to understand where we're coming from. And I'm one of those that refuse to take the vaccine because I'm like, nah, I need more information. I need more studies. I need more trials reign. And yeah, I was vaccinated when I was a kid. My mom wasn't an anti-vaxxer. But the thing is, the trials with polio, measles, mumps, rubella, uh, all those shots that you get at birth, then you get the booster at, what is it, at five or six? Then you get another booster at nine, ten. All of those had long-term 10, 15-year trials. This COVID vaccine, everybody, oh, well, they started this vaccine. They started working on this in 98. Bullshit. Bullshit. We never heard nothing about no damn coronavirus until last year. But you want to say what well, they've been working on, but they've been working on, but you give me, you want me to take a vaccine. Now, these are my opinions. You want me to take a vaccine that does not stop me from getting the virus. If I take the polio vaccine or I give my kids the polio vaccine, it stops them from getting polio. The chickenpox vaccine, it stops them from getting chickenpox. The measles vaccine stops them from getting measles, as well as rubella, mumps, all the vaccines the kids take. It stops them from getting the, 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 the viruses and the diseases that were wiping out uh, 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 generations of children. That's a vaccine. This right here, I don't know what it is. Because how is it that people are double vaxxed? And, they, you know, they, they're looking for some sort of, I'm not going to say cure, but they're looking for some relief in this pandemic to try to get life to go back to some semblance of normalcy. And I have no problem with them wanting that. That is a human right. Everybody that went out and got the vaccine, more power to you. I am happy for you. If it gave you peace of mind and it made you safe and made you feel safe, great. I am good with that. The problem I have is the people that go out and take the vaccine and then try to force everybody else to do it because they did it. We're not sheep. We're not fucking sheep. Come on, y'all. Now the NFL, who's a private business, Seems like they're going to start forcing players to take a vaccine that some of them are not comfortable with. We talked about this a few weeks ago um, when I was talking about Montez Sweat, who refused to get the vaccine. And I was in a group and we had a heated but civilized discussion. About the pros and the cons and why he feels the way he feels, because there's a lot of people that feel the way he does. And it wasn't until everybody agreed to disagree and say, you know, you got your view, I got my view, I can't force mine on you, I can't force yours on you. Hey, what y'all eating for dinner tonight? It was after all of that that the vaccinated people came in and called him all kinds of names, called all of us unvaccinated people uh, 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 names and told us how stupid we were and, you know, they hope we die. That's not how I feel. That's not, and see, this is what, what it's getting ready to come down to. It's getting ready to come down to not a race war. It's going to come down to a war of vaccinated versus unvaccinated. We don't need that in this country. This country is torn apart already because of racism, sexism, classism. We don't need all of that at all. But the NFL is rolling out this policy and, they, you know, they're sticking to this gun, their guns. But this policy is not made to make everybody healthy. This policy seems like it's made to make sure the machine that is the NFL continues to be a billion dollar business. 
it's all about money. And sweet Brandon in the in the, in the uh, text window said nailed it, hundred percent agree. Thank you. I don't agree with this policy at all, because if I'm an American citizen and I have the right to choose not to do something, then that's it and that's all. But now you're trying to affect people's paycheck and everybody wants to say, well, they got to take it because you got to entertain me and, and this, that and the other. Hey, if, if that's uh, 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 how you feel, they're not there to entertain you. They're uh, they're here to make their money they're human beings they're not um 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 test subjects and lab rats they're not here for your pleasure that's that that's my take on it. now that's my personal feelings i don't agree with the nfl doing this i don't understand why they're doing this well i do understand why but i don't agree with it because you got guys that have underlying health issues and this vaccine could probably take a toll on might in their career. I just I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And sweet Brandon, you you are welcome to call in. I don't get it. I mean, you know, this is this is crazy. But the NFL is pushing this so hard. I don't like it. Sweet Brandon, you live with the big guy. KG. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? I just wanted to expand on your point where you're talking about. I think the NFL has found the perfect way to have their cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. They are appealing to like the left wing people that are going to applaud them for this decision without digging deeper into it. Agreed. And they're also lining their pocketbooks by just making that that rule like it's on you. You want to get vaccinated or you don't. You're gonna have to suffer the consequences, right? So they're 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 having like their their social uh, clout as well as making a financial decision. Absolutely right, absolutely right. Nail on the head, right there. Nail on the head. I just I don't I don't agree with it for my own personal beliefs. But you're putting people's livelihood at stake because you're pretty much saying either you get it. Or, you know, you don't get paid if if, if there's an uh, uh, an outbreak. And I asked a question earlier on Twitter. I said, what if there's an outbreak but uh, amongst all vaccinated people? Then what? What's the, what's the excuse then? To me, I could say there's just kind of posturing. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was only less than a handful of games that were rescheduled last year due to COVID. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of them, like, like I said, the social clout aspect of it, them showing that they're trying to uh, appeal to the masses while also knowing that it's probably not anything that's ever going to come to fruition. Hey, I agree with that. And, and the thing is, Every game was played last year. Now, the schedule was messed up because we had the outbreak in Tennessee and it messed up uh, Pittsburgh. And a lot of teams had to play two, three games in a week. But the games got my, played. My Bills only lost three games last year. And one of them was we got crushed by Tennessee on a Tuesday afternoon. I'll never forget mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I, oh, believe me. We felt that here because uh, the boss BJ is a Bills fan. And he felt that one really hard. So, <laughs> we we I remember that. That was the game where uh, Josh Norman took a – Pretty good ride. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, he, he got rocked, but I, I also, I, I got to say, I'm like, we lost three games last year. One was a last-second Hail Mary from Kyler. One was the Chiefs on a Monday night, and one was a Tuesday afternoon COVID game against the Tennessee Titans. So. Mm-hmm. Three games that I feel that they should have won, but, hey, if you a Bills fan, you're in the right place because the boss, BJ, loves his Bills, and he's going to ride for them hard. Being a Bills fan is the first time it's been in the right place for my – entire lifetime so i'll take that indeed man I, I, hey look i'm a huge supporter the bills have been since the 90s uh big fan of kelly reed thurman thomas that k-gun offense i've modeled playbooks after that offense for a reason because of how powerful it is so you in the right they place were like, they were like the uh the pre the prerequisite to like today's nfl almost exactly i agree i agree now that that right there that's a uh uh a spot on point about Buffalo. They were ahead of their time. I agree with that. Unfortunately, I'm a bit too young to have seen those glory days. My first football memory was the Music City Miracle. So I mean, that's, I've I've been down. We've been down in the dumps for a while, but hey, hopefully that's over now. That is over now. Hopefully, so. But, but I'm gonna tell you this. I'm hoping y'all can repeat as AFC East champions. And go on a good run for the next 10 to 15 years and just keep building and keep chopping away and hopefully finally get that my, Super Bowl victory. My unbiased Super Bowl prediction for this year is Rams Bills. I don't know what you think, but you know, I don't even have one, but I I'm not I'm not mad at that. Rams Bills. Hey, that's different. I, but I, and I think the Bills would actually beat the Rams. I think they'd beat the brakes off the Rams, to be honest. <laughs> Oh man! I look, I, let me write that down. So if that come to fruition, I, hey, you heard it here first. Let me get that down. Let me write that down, man. Brands, Brands, Tradamus. Yeah, I, I'll take that. Hey, but I, I would have to come back and give you all the credit for that. I just think Matt Stafford with that offense, those weapons. I think he's going to finally. I wrote a blog and I said Matt Stafford finally gets his chance to play for an NFL team for the first time in his career. Hey, playing in, in Detroit is that I think that Detroit is one of the worst places to play a career because they never build around their stars. I look at Barry Sanders, look at Megatron. There's a reason those two guys retired at 30. Mm-hmm. Tired of just going out there doing everything with no help. So, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Are you a basketball fan? Yes, indeed. I wrote the same the same blog that I wrote. I was ranking the quarterbacks for the season. I said Jared Goff. I think I put him at like nine twenty one or something like that. I'm like Jared Goff, the last uh, superstar athlete to get traded from L.A. to Detroit was Blake Griffin. My prediction is that Jared Goff's going to be dunking for the Brooklyn Nets by next season. <laughs> I like that. Because <laughs> he damn sure gonna be running for his life in Detroit. Detroit, they, they <laughs> look good, but he's gonna be running for his life. I like he, that he is going to be talking about biting their ankles off and yeah. Dan Campbell, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually remember him as a player. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause he played, I know, I mean I know he played in um he was in Dallas for a little bit. I think he was with he played in Dallas. I think he played in Miami for a little bit too. But I remember him as a player. He was a rough tight end. Like he was a 
catch a three yard hitch and probably turn it into a nine, 10 yard game. But he probably ran about 20 yards running people over. He was hard to tackle as a player. So that fits him perfect. What he said that fits him so good. I just like his personality. Like even like, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team by any means, but. I agree with that. I don't think they are either, but it, he brings a, a breath of fresh air to Detroit. That's one thing just I can't something, say. Just something new. Right. I agree with that. I agree wholeheartedly. What's, the, what's your team? I'm a Washington football team fan. Oh, man. I love I love the WFTs. I'm, I'm hoping. I won't, you know, season's, uh, season's about to start and training camp, and I won't say the P word once the training camp starts, not until we clinch, because I found out when I do that, we do a lot better in the season, and we got a lot of pressure on us to repeat and do better than what we did last year. I see. I I would disagree, but I'm not a I'm not a fan of that team. So you would have a better perspective than me. But I I don't think there's much expectation for that team. I think the outlook for that team is that they won a bad division, and they've got a lot of potential. I give you that. But here, see, I'm in, I'm in the area. I'm in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, and the the DMV. yeah, the um the expectation and the the hype is so high because they they went out, they did the, their thing in the draft. Then on top of that, they went out and they got themselves a quarterback. That's a stopgap quarterback, not franchise, but stopgap. And he's feeling confident. All he got to do is stay upright. They made a few moves. Defense looks stronger. You know, it's like they're, they're headed in the right direction for the first time in 30 years. Well, let me take that back now. I'll say the first time in 17 years since Gibbs 2.0. Us Buffalo fans got a soft spot for Ryan Fitzpatrick, so treat him right. <laughs> Believe me, we are. We are. And, and I, Chase I, Young I, is a stud. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Yeah, and I see that guy, and I th- he's going to be the best defensive player in the NFL in two to three years. I believe so. I believe so. And then the the, the defense that's around him with Montez Sweat, um, you got the the uh, my man Matt Ioannidis. He is in the middle, but Matt Ioannidis is so underrated, and he's so good to be underrated as much as he is. But nobody outside of this area really looks at him like that. But I watch him when he comes on the field, and I watch him wait, wait, and then especially when we were in the three four, and he would just push the center in the backfield, and then he would either make the quarterback step up, and somebody else made the tackle, or he made the tackle himself. He's just strong, and he's a beast. I love him on that defense. Who's the new linebacker you brought him this year? Davis, J- yeah, Jalen Davis. Yeah, that's the guy we drafted out of Kentucky, and I wasn't too happy about the draft. And then I looked up his tape. I said, oh. I need to eat crow on that because he's a tackling machine. No, you don't need to eat crow for another three years. Like you, no, no one knows. They show this tape, and you know what? A highlight tape don't show no lowlights. That is true. Man, uh, I wrote these. I wrote this blog about ranking the quarterbacks for next season. I had Josh Allen at three, and I said I watched Josh Allen in his rookie year overthrow every receiver by twenty yards and scramble backwards fifteen yards for fourth and forty six. And I'm like, this guy's a bust. And I've never been happier to be wrong. Mm. It takes what? two, three years for anybody. What's the name of your blog? Uh, B-Maze Corner. Okay. 
we gotta we gotta make sure we read that because I, I like when you ranking people because BJ was he wasn't a fan of Allen when he first came to Buffalo and he said the same thing he said but then last season he said I watched him mature from overthrowing receivers to sitting back in the in the pocket and he's really maturing to the point where he can pick people apart and he's good at what he does and he doesn't have to run every play he's not the leading rusher every game and I told BJ and I tell you the same thing. Only thing you're missing in Buffalo is a game-changing running back. That's it. Somebody that can take the top off, and you got to respect when he when he's in the backfield. Yeah, I, I go back and forth of whether Devin Singletary is that guy or not. I'm, I'm Singletary. I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I go back and forth with it because sometimes he looks good and sometimes he doesn't. So this offense, you you're you're 100 right though. This offense is built around Allen and Diggs and Beasley, and hopefully Emmanuel Sanders shows up for us this year. But if when you get to playoff time, you're playing the Chiefs. If they know you're going to be passing the ball 45 times a game, they're going to shut that down. You need to have a, mm-hmm. a threat in the backfield. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Like we played the Colts in the wild card round uh, last year in the playoffs, and I, I, I was concerned halfway through the game. Like we didn't look fantastic. Like I was worried we were going to lose again in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I remember uh, the 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 frantic voice messages I was getting back to back from BJ, and he was like, "Man, I can't watch no more." I can't watch. As soon as he stopped, that's when things started moving. He started watching. It started falling apart again. Then he started watch. He stopped watching the games. Like, all right, maybe I just don't need to watch. And you know, he had to go outside and, and get himself together for a little bit. But that was a hard fought game. That was a and hard. I was never scared game. of the Ravens from start to finish. Like the Ravens didn't didn't worry me at all. And you know what? That was the game that I was afraid of because I remember Lamar Jackson carving y'all up, and I was afraid that the Ravens were going to take that game. But I wasn't because what's that game that's close in the fourth quarter and the and the defense shows up like Lamar is not going to be able to throw that deep ball if it's a if the Bills are up three with seven minutes left like I'm not worried that Lamar is going to put a drive together until he should until he proves it because he has not proved it so I'll give you that I, I hate to keep referencing the same thing that I wrote but I I, I ranked Lamar Jackson at seven and I said he's either going to be a uh, all time great in NFL history, or is going to be the Charles Barkley of the NFL? <clears throat> Damn. That, that's, a, oh, that's a good comparison. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Never thought about it like that, but I like that. Well, I appreciate you joining me tonight. I got to jump. That's all my time for tonight. I only come on do 20-some minutes, but I anytime – you see us on, you want to come and talk, you got an open chair here at Sideline Junkies. Man, I appreciate that. No problem, brother. Good to hear from you. Peace, brother. Not right now. That was uh, Sweet Brandon here on Podbean, jumping in live with the big guy, KG. We talk NFL COVID policy. We talk NFL. And that's that's what it's all about. That's what podcasting is about right there. Being able to talk to people, different opinions, 
sometimes the same opinion and having a great dialogue. I love it. I absolutely love it. And the address for his blog, B Maze Corner, that's B M A Y S Corner dot blogspot.com. Go check that out. Because I know I am. I want to see where he ranked my quarterback at from last year. I know a couple quarterbacks is going to be ranked really low. So I want to go check that out myself. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the live version. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Anchor, it doesn't matter. Stay tuned for the boss BJ. Got a little something to say. And I got to say shout out to bj for the 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 absolute positive love that's being shown uh shout out to delante juni jim nubian sumo uh the people's choice don rodriguez island this show wouldn't run without you guys just want to let y'all know that it's all love i know life gets in the way we all haven't been able to hook up the way we want to but when we do, you know, it's going to be a bomb burner and a slobber knocker in my Jim Rawls voice. So, all right, everybody, have a good night. Stay tuned for the boss BJ coming up right behind me. But the big guy, KG, which is me, I don't do no overtime. I am out of it. What is up, everybody? This is the boss BJ with a quick hitter. I just needed y'all to hear my voice while I've been tackling some things personally. Nothing serious, just uh, making some moves. And I wanted to give somebody their flowers because he's been doing a hell of a job. The big guy, KG, my brother, writing the ship um, and holding up the episodes and bringing the energy and the passion about talking about what he loves, which is sports and life, like nobody else can. So I hope y'all enjoy him as much as hearing him, as much as I enjoy hearing him talking about everything under the sun, whether it's Tuesday night flight, Thursday night throwdown, DC sports rundown, Saturday night WrestleManiacs with the Don Rodriguez and the Nubian Sumo, whatever it is, the boy is multi-talented. When I tell you the boy can sing, the boy can sing, all right? But I just wanted to hit on some NBA because I, I haven't been able to jump on here and talk about anything. And, and I know KG did an episode. Um, can the Bucks repeat? That's, that's a good question. Um, I don't have anything in front of me knowing. Um, and that's my fault. I apologize. I don't know who signed, who's not coming back, and who is. Pretty sure KG went over that. But what, I, what I'm going to put out here now is that after the statement Giannis made, they're going to have to repeat. Because he made a statement basically saying that he didn't have to go to a super team to win his championship. Whether you agree with him or not, it's past the point. Because I don't believe he has a super team. I believe they built a really, really good, solid team that works around Giannis. And I got to eat crow because I thought... KD was giving Giannis the business. I thought Giannis was scared to guard KG, KD. 
Uh, I thought the defensive player of the year should have took on that challenge, and he did not, and they got out of that series. Um, but by him saying that, if the super team that was assembled that, you know, that you beat by Kevin Durant's uh, inch of his foot being on the three-point line and sending y'all home, if that team is assembled and healthy next year, then you have to stack stand behind what you just said. You win your championships as the chips lay, okay? You have to, whatever cards are dealt, we can argue the Houston Rockets 94-95 championships wouldn't have been there if Michael Jordan was there. We could argue some of Golden State's championships, the two they won with KD, they probably wouldn't have won. They had the, the ultimate team, the ultimate super team, two of the best players on the planet, and then... Uh, Clay Thompson, which he isn't too far behind. But you got two of the best players on the planet, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Um, you can argue, you know, Golden State got a lot of breaks. They had three, they had three titles, hurts, injuries, and they end up happening to them in the Toronto series. So this the statement Giannis made, I love it. I love it. He feels like he didn't go to a super team. I, f- I agree with him. But let's not forget what happened along the way to get you there. Now, by him saying that, they have to be a healthy Brooklyn team next year. I think he's only going to get better. He proved he has the ceiling to make free throws in the last game, 17 for 19. He proved he can, he proved he can hit them. Now, if he starts hitting them on a consistent basis... You can no longer foul him. It's going to change his whole game. It's going to change the dynamic. It's going to change the team. It's going to make them evolve even more. Now, just like any other championship team, you're probably going to lose pieces, and you probably have to add pieces. Um, they saved Coach Bud's job because if they had lost to the Nets, he would have been done. So they're basking in championship glory. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. Well-deserved. The Phoenix Suns, I was rooting for them. I was pulling for them. I thought that them jumping out to that two-game nothing lead, I thought they, you know, would finish that off in six games, and they did not. But um, next NBA season is going to be very interesting because there are several teams that have to make some decisions. Is Damian Lillard moving out of Portland? Do the Lakers commit long-term to Anthony Davis? I if I if I'm if I'm the Lakers, I cannot give him a max deal until he plays some type of significant time and not miss any time. I, I just can't do it. It's not financially responsible. Um, you know, it's teams now that, you know, Miami just fell off the face of the earth. After making the, the finals last year, they completely fell off the face of the earth. And here comes Atlanta. And it's like, where the hell did they come from? It's a lot of teams now that, I'm knocking on that door. Unfortunately, one of those teams are not the Washington Wizards. But can the Bucks repeat next year? I don't think so. I don't think I, I, I truly believe if, a, if if the Brooklyn Nets are healthy, they don't beat the Brooklyn Nets. Now, you know, that's a whole nother episode because, you know, Brooklyn Nets are what they are. I've said about Kevin Durant what I've said. If you listen to the show, you know how I feel about certain people. So, but if that team is healthy, 
that's a that's a challenge because I didn't even have Milwaukee beat getting to the finals. I don't think I don't think I had Milwaukee getting to the finals. I know uh, the big guy writes everything down. He'll hear this. He'll go over everything. Um, but yeah, no to the Bucks repeating next year. Um, don't forget Denver lost Jamal Murray this year. They had the MVP in Jokic, and they're going to get Jamal Murray back next year. That's going to be a whole different twist on the Western Conference. So, you know, it's a lot of baking and shaking that's going to go on this uh, NBA offseason, and I'm all for it. So that's it for me. Like I said, quick hitter, seven minutes. Y'all can listen to seven minutes. You got seven minutes, just sit your ass down for a second and listen to seven minutes. You can listen to it on your way home or why are you waiting in the line at McDonald's? Now, you couldn't listen to a waiting in the line at Chick-fil-A. You wouldn't be in Chick-fil-A line for seven minutes. So, hey, thank you, thank you for joining me. I'll uh, hit y'all again another time. Y'all be safe out there. Thank you for choosing the Sideline Junkies. We out.